we're now moving on to the amateur section and there's a lot of uh, things we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the fantastic results of some of our amateurs in the European Amateur Championship recently. We want to talk about the girls' British amateur. Uh, the qualifiers are, are just over. Obviously, the home internationals are on in Royal Portrush this week and we're doing a Walker Cup watch as well. So, Gary, if we start with the European amateur results there just last week, some great performances by Irish players. It was. I mean, Gary Hurley had a you know a big chance to win. He played fantastic golf, and just you know came up one shot short. Italian kid, Mazzioli, probably the wrong pronunciation. He shot sixty eight final round just to to nip past Gary, and Gavin Moynan too finished in, in third position. And we like we'd five guys in the in the top twenty. You know, really another outstanding performance on on foreign soil, and Paul Dunn. Superhero from the Open Championship finished in eleventh, but Robin Dawson, who from Faith Leg is kind of just sneaked into the home internationals this week, he finished in sixth position. So of the, you know, the kind of star five players, we'll be talking a little later on about Walker Cup. We've got another young kid coming through, and you know, it's and it's. I think the thing to note from this tournament was it was played in Slovakia, Slovakia even on a on a course where they played the Challenge Tour this year and 16 under par won the Challenge Tour and as we know the standard is very high on the Challenge Tour and 19 under won, won the amateur event so it's you know there's I wouldn't say the gap is narrowing but from the point of view of these kids and some of them not all of them turning pro they're really you know you get in that mindset of I, I can shoot that number it's um, it's great for them uh, looking forward to maybe end the season no, I, I I was staggered by some of the uh, scoring, and you got to remember that uh, Gary Hurley shot level par in the last round, still finished yeah. eighteen under par. So I mean, really remarkable scoring. But w- what's even nicer is that we're now looking at depth in an Irish team, depth behind that Irish team, guys pushing each other on, guys believing that they can achieve on a bigger stage than an Irish stage and they're going around the world and they're regularly winning tournaments and I think that that bodes very, very well not only for uh, amateur golf going forward but obviously their potential professional careers going forward because these guys are going to have to travel to win going forward. They are and and the funny thing is that you know, if you saw Alan Lowry won Wollongar Scratch Cup which historically was the kind of guys that won that went off you know, back in our day and turn pro or whatnot, but they can't all turn pro. I don't want them all to turn pro. You'd like to think that some of them would stay, but the way the amateur scene is now structured, it's it's not structured to play in championships and just have fun with your golf. It's all geared for the for the young kids to turn pro. So it, even though it is great, it's channeling, uh, channeling a lot of these kids into an avenue of, oh, I nearly have to do it. And the reality is we've got six or seven really good players, but they're not all going to make it because just statistically, that's just the way things work out. And I think they need a lot of good guidance and a and a reality check for some of them too. You know, you're a good player and you've got some talent, but, you know, do you want to make this your job? Do you know what that entails? Do you know how your life is going to you know the the road is going to go down because mm-hmm. they're they're very pampered and very well looked mm-hmm. after in in the amateur scene and you know when you get into that that psyche of you know I'm the top cat, everything is taken care of. They go to tour school and some of them won't mm-hmm. get through. 
then you get on the mini tours and mm. and it's it's not all the glamour that they think it is but at the moment we have you know we have a couple of kids to shout about but mm. it's it's a reality check too mm. for some of them I think that in hindsight we can look back and 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 talk a lot about that and I think that um, there's no doubt about it um, I, I lament the career amateurs that, yeah. that they're not around any longer it seems they Pat, seem to be Pat getting Murray. younger and younger yeah, that's it. Um, but the reality of it is is that there are so many other factors than just simply playing golf mm-hmm. associated with being a tournament professional. Um, travel is one aspect of it. The whole cost associated with participating, the fact that you know, you're moving out of an, a, a, an umbrella environment where you're supported with the amateurs to a, an isolated uh, participant yourself where you are literally out there fighting your way by yourself in a, in, in a totally strange environment. <clears throat> Having said that, I think it's wonderful that we are producing this caliber, this uh, of player nowadays. Um, certainly, far superior to anything that was would have been there in my in my time. Uh, and, but and, and more importantly, I think that uh, the reality of it is, uh, you know, the reality of it is, is that they need to take a hard look at their stats. They need to take a hard look at comparisons in terms of themselves and challenge tour and touring professionals and understand that if their stats are dramatically worse, okay, consistently in terms of their scoring yeah. averages and so on, then the chances are they are not going to succeed on the professional <coughs> tour. And take, uh, taking yeah. all the emotion out of the equation, are there enough? Is the GUI, for example, giving them this platform to sort of say, okay, I'm going to mentor you, but at the same time, mentoring might be a case of you're not ready quite yet. Let's work on a few key areas of your game and then turn professional. And when you turn professional, there will be a support mechanism there for you as well. And I'm not sure that's not there at the moment. Right now, all of these people are are running on adrenaline and emotion, and that's just not simply good enough to survive in the professional ranks. And I think a lot of the parents, too. I think a lot of the parents, I've seen it, are way too involved in this equation and and possibly... And it's not there at the moment. There needs to be a buffer where, you know, these people know better because for whatever reason and not an emotional decision, oh, my Johnny is going to be the next Rory McIlroy. And I think it's a big job for the GUI to try and manage because you can't can't promote these kids, promote these kids, and then let them go off to the pro scene and and die on their feet for a couple mm. of the years, years. One or two guys get through and lament the fact that, oh, they came through the GUI system. If you don't have a buffer to mine them, to protect them when they make that break and then get into the scene, because, okay, there's a lot of management companies out there and there's a lot of good management companies and there's a lot of really bad management companies, but a lot, most of the management companies, all they care about is cash. That's not the issue for these guys mm. turning pro. They need to, need to be minded. Mm. They need to be looked after. They need to understand who they are mm. and the and the profession that they're going into. Mm. There isn't that... Mm. There's a gap in the market in the mm. sense because that's not there at the moment. And that's why we have a situation because you know what it's like, John. <clears throat> these things come in cycles. We have a great, little, great batch of players at the moment. In two or three years' time, we won't. That's mm. just the way mm. it is. Absolutely. But we need to mine the talent that we have now and nurture it. Well, to all you parents out there, uh, there's a free uh, advice bureau here, myself and Gary Murphy. I'd be very happy to give any free advice. Uh, it'll be honest, um, but it'll be uh, one with, filled with a lot of experience. 
Moving on to the younger generation, the girls' British amateur is on at the moment, and it's great to see that we've had four qualifiers for the match play stages. Uh, Neve McSharry led the qualifiers from an Irish perspective, and she's from Lurgan. Olivia Mahaffey from Royal County Down, Julie McCarthy from Forest Little, and Annabelle Wilson, a young rising star from Lurgan as well. So it's great to see the younger talent coming through here. Now they're in the match play stages, and as we all know, Match play is a very funny game. They could they could progress very very quickly and find themselves, you know, winning a, a, what would be a very very prestigious title. Oh, it'd be enormous! And and the great thing with the, with the young girls is they've such a, a brilliant role model in Leona Maguire. Like we have the best amateur in the world mm. on these aisles, and and the and that's what happens. You know, it's no different to Porik winning the majors and the guys coming after and winning more majors. The the girl the young girls have been inspired by. The Maguire twins, and and we've got a chance this week. You know, realistic, yeah. and not to put too much pressure on them. If they can get a good run and and win a couple of games, and more importantly, learn from the experience. Mm. But it's great to see so much uh, talent coming through at mm. the moment. And obviously, the home internationals are in Port Rush this yeah. week. Big, uh, big week for a big week for the Irish players who are looking to consolidate their chances for Walker Cup selection. But more importantly, I think even winning on Irish soil for an Irish player is a huge thing. It is, and it's funny, it's the 20th anniversary of, of my playing in the Home Internationals in Royal Port Rush, <laughs> and my fringe has taken a serious battering since then, but, you know, it's it's wonderful. I mean, there's there's some new caps this week, and then you've a couple of old-timers, even though they're only 21 or 22, but, you know, Gavin Moynan are kind of, Gavin Moynan and Jack Hume are two standout guys, um, didn't make the trip, didn't get into the US Amateur didn't make the trip so they're staying at home but there's new caps um, for Stuart Grant who's won two championships this year yeah. done really well Colin Fairweather who was beaten in the final of the South I think and Dermot McElroy who's you know our number six guy I guess at the moment so hopefully they can steer the guys through also Alex Gleeson it's his first cap and it's you know we've been there it's a wonderful experience to to put on put on the jersey for the home internationals yeah. it's a great vibe and and you know, you make friends for life too with the guys mm. you play with and the guys you play against. And I think history would also show us that uh, if you, even if you look at the Ryder Cup, a lot of the times the rookies are the ones who actually provide the points. Um, so there's nothing wrong with being a rookie on any team. Uh, certainly, it, it, <coughs> in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily weaken it because you're bursting with um, ambition and you're bursting to, to prove your, yourself. And I think that in many ways, uh, the, the contribution often is better than the, the more uh, established players who probably are going through the motions a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's it's the guys down, you know, it's the kind of Philip Walton scenario from, from the Ryder Cup. It's the guys down the bottom of the list in the singles in the mm. afternoon. They're the ones who have to endure all the pain because generally the matches come down. You know, you're out playing number one or two, you can just fly around and, and do your thing, but it's, it's the guys at the tail for most of the pain. And finally, Gary, just very briefly, on a Walker Cup watch, you see that the US have already picked five players. Um, but more importantly, from our own perspective, are you still confident that we have five players very much in contention for Walker Cup? Uh, there, no one's slipping away. <coughs> We're talking about Paul Dunn, Cormac Sharvin, Gary Hurley, Gavin Moynihan and Jack Hume. I think it'll be a travesty if we don't get the five on. Mm. I think Cormac's performance is this That's year. never been achieved before, Gary. No. I don't th- we've never even had four in a Walker Cup yeah. team before. I mean, I remember in in ninety one when when Paul and and Garth and and Porter got picked. It was 
you know, astonishment the fact that we got three guys on. But I genuinely think if you look at the stats, if you look at the performances this year, I mean, Gavin Moynan was our, is our kind of star guy in the sense he was he's the only guy returning. He was on the team two years ago and played with Kevin Phelan and acquitted himself very well. He's got that experience. And then, you know, the guy's been so consistent all year. I think it'd be travesty if we don't get five. Well, hopefully that will be the case and we'll be watching that. Obviously, the Walker Cup taking place in September.